Welcome to the Strong Family Podcast here Friday night, June 5th. It was a hot one today. We just got done eating a little Friday night pizza, and then we played some arcade games. In case you don't know, Simeon's been working for the last several months on a cardboard arcade. So he has a ski ball, a rifle range, a basketball throw game, everything completely made out of cardboard. He even has a little uh, change dispenser side where you, you put your change in and um, charges five to ten cents. So that was, that's been our evening here. But today, podcast, we are talking about the way things work. And this is based on a book by David McCauley. It's been around for a while. I think for those parents out there, you're probably familiar with it. It's a fantastic book. It talks about the mechanics or the internal structure of how common or maybe not so common things in our world work. And I think for most of us, we take for granted the things around us. I was thinking about this as I was driving um, from town earlier today. And of course, I just put the key in the car. That's for the van. Or for a car, you just press a button. And instant presto, the car starts. And then while you're driving, if you want the radio, you just press a button. And, and again, magically, the radio just comes on. And then when you come home, you flick a switch and the light comes on. And then you walk over to the microwave and you press a button and the microwave works. And on and on and on the day goes where most of what we're doing is simply pressing buttons. And for most of us, we really don't care most of the time how it works. We just want it to work. And when something doesn't work like our phone, we get really angry and we're not so interested in why it's not working. We just want it to work. And that's okay because for most of the day we have other business to take care of. But I think we lose some of the wonder of the background and history as to how all of these things in our life work and the wonderful people and the intelligence that God gave these people to create these machines and items that make life, quite frankly, really easy for us. And so we're going to take just a few minutes tonight and have the boys and Tanya, of course. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Um, explain some things they've picked out, and they're going to explain exactly how these things work from the inside. So let's start with Simeon. Simeon, how's it going? Good. What do you think about your cardboard arcade? Is it a success? Yes. How much money have you made? Charging five to ten cents per game. Uh, I don't really count on of it yet. Anything like five dollars, ten dollars? Mm, seven or eight, I'm guessing. Seven or eight dollars. Maybe more. That's not bad. Can anybody stop by to play these games? Yeah. Anybody from the audience that can just stop by? Uh, yeah. Okay. There's your invitation, folks. All right, Simeon, you've picked out something that we're curious about. What's your item? Mine is the zipper. The zipper. Okay. We all know what a zipper is. We don't really care how it works. We just care if it doesn't work, especially if it's in our pants, right? So what, what is a zipper? What, what, how does it work? What are the mechanics behind uh, it? It, has two, it connects two parts by zipping it up or down for coats, sweatshirts, clothing, uh, bags, and sometimes tents and other things. Yeah, speaking of tents, we have a large tent that we've gone camping with for the last 10 years. A really nice tent from Cabela's, and just last summer the zipper went out. And of course, the rest of the tent is great, but if the zipper doesn't work, the tent doesn't work because you can't have bugs in it. And I went to go get 
it um, quoted for a repair and it was $200 for a new zipper. So then I cared very quickly how a zipper works. So Simeon, why don't you tell us exactly how does a zipper work? Well, there's two parts and each part have little lines coming out or they're called teeth sometimes uh, with a curve at the end, under and over it. And they can latch together when you pull the zipper. When you pull the zipper up, the zipper takes both sides and then latches them together. And when you pull them down, the zipper has a point at the end where it can take the teeth apart. Like it just pulls them apart. But when you have trouble latching the teeth together, like, like on a tent, and it won't work, that means just one little teeth out of the thousand, thousands sometimes has broken. Above, the, the teeth above it and under it cannot latch the zipper, so that means you cannot pull it together. And the cool thing about it is that I just thought it was so interesting that a zipper has more details than I thought it would. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to our tent. It's a really high-grade zipper to withstand a lot of use, but that's exactly what happened. Just one of the teeth got out of alignment or something, and the entire zipper is obsolete now. A zipper's been around for a long time. It's been a part of, like you said, clothing and other mm -hmm. um, items. What would you do if you had to redesign a zipper or make it better? I would probably make the teeth way, str way stronger to the things attached to, for then it won't break. And I'd probably use the stronger plastic and make it easier to zip it up and down. Way easier. Mm -hmm. Now, why did you pick a zipper out of all of the fascinating inventions in the world? You ended up with a zipper. Why? Um, it was really interesting, and has way more details. And yeah, it's really cool. And something fun about it: there are 4.5 billion zippers made each year in the U.S. That's just in the U.S. And that's 14 zippers per every American per year. 14 zippers made for every single person? Every year. Every so, year just in the U.S.? Yeah. So that's 4.5 billion zippers. That is a lot of zippers. Maybe that shows you. That shows you how much we rely on zippers. Mm-hmm. Anything else about zippers? No. That's it. All right. So the next time our audience uses a zipper, stop and think about the simplicity of it and yet the brilliance of its invention, how it makes life easier and how just one tooth can throw the entire zipper off. Good job, Simeon. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have any more cardboard inventions coming for your arcade? I don't think so. Not yeah, yet. Not All right. yet. Okay. Moving on, Boaz. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Today you rode 10 miles on a mountain bike trail, right? Yeah, that was really fun. How are your legs feeling? Uh, a bit sore. A little sore? fine. You'll make it. All right. <laughs> what is your everyday uh, structure or invention you want to tell us about? Mine is locks and keys. Locks and keys. All right, go on. Um, so one of the questions on my sheet is, what does it do? A lock and key is a type of security. The lock will keep something shut unless you insert the key into the hole. After that, the lock will allow you to open the object. And as usual, there's more to something simple like locks and keys than you think. So I'm going to describe how it works. First, you must insert the correct key into the hole. This will raise five pins and allow you to free a cylinder. In order to free the cylinder, you must turn the key. This will then cause the cylinder to rotate, thus turning the cam. The cam then rotates and pulls along with it the spring, which is attached to the bolt. 
This means that the bolt is out of place, allowing you to open the door. Um, and another question is, what is so cool about this? This is cool because it's a very good security system. If you don't have the right key, it will be nearly impossible to open the door. Oh, uh, going back to describing how it works. In order to take the key out, you out you release it, causing the spring to push back, allowing both the cam and cylinder to slide back into their initial positions. Last question I have is: If you could redesign it, what changes would you make? In my opinion, I believe that it is a great uh, invention by itself. The only thing that I would add is a backup system in case you don't have your key. One way you could do this is by placing a button underneath. A lock, and if the button is pressed, it will automatically open. Okay. Now we have something like that at our house, right? We obviously have a lock on our front door and our garage door, but our lock has something different on it too. Yeah. The push buttons, right? You want to tell the audience about that? Um. Well, I just did locks and keys, mm -hmm. so I don't really know how like numbers work. Right. Right. That's okay. I guess the question is. Um, there's different kinds of locks. Like you have one at school, right? For your locker? Yeah. How does that work? What is that? Um, well, you turn like a dial to match the numbers. And once the numbers are matched up, it like, I guess, unlatches something and you can mm -hmm. unlock it. That's probably a similar idea. In one, you just described opening a lock with a key hitting these chambers. And with a combination lock, like at your school, yeah. the combination helps open some of those chambers. And with our front door, which has push buttons, the same thing. Once you hit the right combination, it opens up those chambers. Yep. Okay. So what do you think locks and keys are going to be like in the future, like 20 years from now? Uh, well, I think they've already started doing it like fingerprint. And if you do your exact fingerprint, then they will open. So it's really growing in the t technology of it. Um, but really, I don't know. I think... Some things still may have the key, but I think they will jump to other things like fingerprints. That would be a lot easier because you couldn't lose the key then that way, right? Yeah. Like we tend to do sometimes is lose a key. Yep. If, you, if it's your thumb, you're not going to lose it, right? Yeah. All right. Good job, boys. Thank you. Moving on. Shadrach. How you doing? Good. What you been doing this week? Well, we've been doing a slip and slide. We've been doing a pool, and we got um, stitches and staples, and he like fell in the pool and hit his head, and he needs like staples and stitches. Yep, that's all part of the fun in the strong house. But let's talk about your item. What did you choose to investigate? My thing is the refrigerator, and like it kind of keeps food fresh and kind of like keeps food cold, like not having it really hot. There has a freezer too, but I'm just talking about the refrigerator. Yes, and for most of us, we truly take the refrigerator for granted. We just throw food into it and it keeps it cold. We don't think twice about it, but there are some people in the listening audience, and you know who you are, who remember having an icebox in your house growing up where you had to take chunks of ice, put it into a large wooden frame, and that's how you would keep your food cold. And we appreciate you. If, but now we have this wonderful thing called a refrigerator. How does it work, Shadrach? Well, it has like warm fluid and cold food, but the warm fluid goes 
through a condenser, and it, the food is called refrigerates. And refrigerators use the principles of pressure. It's what is cool about it. It kind of has like one half is a fridge and one half is a freezer, and you can like um, put it. There's some like side one half of on like one side and the other half on other side, or one on top and one on the bottom. Yeah, how does it keep food cold? Well, is it chunks of ice? No, it's kind mm -hmm. of like air. Mm -hmm. Like it gets air, and then in the freezer, it has the um cold. It it has the cold fluid, and in, and has warm food and the refrigerator. But like then, when it goes in, it's kind of warm and kind of cold. It's mostly cold. Mm-hmm. How would you make a refrigerator a cooler invention, a better invention, if you could? Well, you like it could be jammed, holding the door, and like maybe you could do like have a key or have a button or even have a fingerprint. All right, but when a bow has his futuristic locks on the refrigerator, that help keep people out from raiding the ice cream at night. <laughs> we don't know who does that in our house. All right, good job, Shadrach. Moving on to Meshack. Meshack has a common household item, but one if we didn't have it, we couldn't get into a lot of our food items. Meshach, what are you studying? I'm studying the, um, the can opener. Ooh, tell us how the can opener works. The can opener have a, um, a tooth wheel that, um, and the cutting blade and the spur gears. Okay, so it's got a cutting gear that when you turn these these wheels, the, the cutting blade circles around and cuts into the metal. Yeah. Very cool. Simple, but it does the job, right? What else do you want to tell us about the can opener? It's cool since you get to turn the wheel um, with um, the handle. You just bend it with a black thing that's uh, black that my mom have. Yeah, that's exactly mom right. Mom have one of those. And Meshach did have to go to the ER last night because he got two stitches in his head from falling on the side of a pool. Meshach, what did it feel like to have a doctor put a stitch in your head? Um, it feels painful. Painful. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? What was it like to be in the emergency room? Kind of weird and kind of cool. All right. Since they have um, cool tools. And it's kind of weird since they're supposed to, um, I don't think they're all supposed to have a TV in there. Yeah. Since there were. Yep, TV's in the emergency room. Well, Meshach is going to make a full recovery. We're glad for that. Moving on to our final guest, Miss Tanya Strong. Tanya, welcome. Well, it's good to be here again. Yes, hot day, shopping day, week's done. Yes. You're ready to do it. Now, Tanya is not that mechanically inclined. Yeah, I fall into the category of it is not as important to me. I'm not as interested in how things work. I am more interested that they work. Yeah, just press the button. If it doesn't yes. work, it's a problem. Mechanical things. Um, but there's other things in life that have to work, yes. not just mechanical yes. or instruments. What are some other things that you're interested in finding out how they work? I am more interested in how relationships work. Uh -oh. I'm more relational. This is complexity. Than mechanical. This is beyond my pay grade. What do you want to tell us about? 
uh, how, how, do, how do relationships work? This sounds like a book. Well, we, we've got about, what, about 18, almost we're coming up on 18 years of experience and how marriage works. 18 years of marriage, yes. And how is our marriage working? I think it's working quite well. What, what would you say are the keys to success for marriage? How does marriage work? Give, give the audience some tips here. I think one of our strengths is probably communication. And I would say our Saturday morning, and lately it's been every morning, coffee time, um, and, and being able to communicate and catch up every morning and sometimes in the evening as well. Um, but I think communication and being able to connect. And we've been able to also read the Word of God together in the mornings. After our, our exercising together, we have a little Bible time and coffee time before the kids get up. So to be honest, we've really, I think, thrived in COVID-19 with that, with our schedule in terms of being able to have more time, especially first thing in the morning together. Yeah, a warm cup of coffee, a nice soft chair, quiet house, God's word, two people mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. Can't do better than that. However, that has required a sacrifice from you. Yes. That being... Getting up at 6 or 6.15 to exercise with you and then have that time before the kids get up. We have... Usually we're done exercising and showered and ready for the day by about 7. And we have about a half hour, 45 minutes before Simeon comes up the stairs and asks if he can help make breakfast. Any other keys for a successful marriage? Well, there, there are many because I was just <laughs> highlighting communication. So there we have it, folks. Coffee, cozy chair, quiet house, yeah. successful marriage. Yeah. People say it's not, you know, it's not quantity time, it's quality time. Yep. But I think quantity does help too. It's I think a little having, bit of both. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Listening audience, we appreciate you lending some of your time to us. At this point, I think we're going to have one more Strong Family podcast before summer hits. This will be the summer edition. What does summer hold for the Strong Family? What do the kids look forward to? What do the adults look forward to in the summer? Find out next week on the Strong Family Podcast.